The Permaculture Podcast is only made possible through the support of listeners. And for the fall fundraiser, we need your help. We have two goals this year, to fund the podcast through 2022 and to complete a special multi-part series documenting the legendary work of Rosemary Morrow. To do both, we need to raise $12,000. Since the podcast started, approximately 600 people have donated to keep this work moving forward. That's just one listener per episode. Be our one listener today and help us share permaculture with the more than 25,000 people who will listen to the interview which follows with Shantri Kassara. With your donation, we're able to continue to promote permaculture education and programming completely free to people all over the world. Whether you can give $1, $2, 5 or more, any amount will help. Join the community of listeners who help us make permaculture accessible to anyone with an internet connection. You can give online to this campaign at paypal.me slash permaculturepodcast, using Venmo at permaculturepodcast, or drop something in the mail. The Permaculture Podcast, care of Scott Mann, 210 East Fairfax Street, number 300, Falls Church, Virginia, 22046. This is the Permaculture Podcast. I'm Scott Mann. If you've been listening to this show since near the beginning, you may remember shorter episodes which introduced an idea or topic. This episode, and others you'll hear like it, are a callback to the days of those permabites. With so many amazing people and organizations doing good work in the world, I want to be able to share more of them with you. So today, I'm joined by Hadley of Lobelia Commons, a mutual aid organization in Louisiana, to hear about how they connect people with food through dozens and dozens of small local initiatives. Hadley is also here to tell you about the Earthbound Farmer's Almanac, a farmer's almanac for the Anthropocene, with an invitation for you to get involved by submitting an article, recipe, story, or poem to the 2022 edition. Listen to this conversation with Hadley to learn more. I'll join you again after. Lobelia Commons started right around the beginning of the pandemic as a network for autonomous food production and neighborhood survival in New Orleans and the surrounding region. It grew out of other kind of mutual aid efforts and groups that came out of the early pandemic where people were getting lots of excess food from the port and distributing it to people and doing deliveries and stuff like that. And, you know, there was dozens and then even hundreds of volunteers working on this sort of thing. And so a bunch of us started to sort of think like, how can we take this and sort of start to think a little bit more long-term about it and start to think about how to actually start to produce some food within the city. So we started doing deliveries of seedlings. People could call a number and have okra seedlings delivered to their house or different types of starts that we had going in a nursery. And from there, it just kind of grew into this very organic, decentralized thing with lots of different working groups. There's people working on mushroom cultivation, people working on something called the Front Yard Orchard Initiative, where we grow and propagate all sorts of fruit trees that we can produce cheaply, like figs and mulberries and things like that, that do really well here, that people can also just sort of call a number or see an ad 
post it on a flyer or online and get in touch with us and we can either just give them the trees or help them plant them and you know various other projects there's an herb commons which is like a kind of cool way for people to be involved if, even if they don't want to come to one of our work days or one of our big events at one of the gardens or something like that people can just grow various medicinal herbs themselves at their home and then sort of contribute them to this uh, herb commons that can then be made into medicine by different herbalists or distributed at some kind of little giveaway pop-up that we set up the almanac grew out of that as well and it was kind of initially started as just kind of a joke of of us talking about the farmer's almanac which is like kind of this folksy thing that everybody's seen and maybe people get a copy of it every year or something but it the old farmer's almanac isn't really something that really feels super applicable to kind of the modern context of dealing with climate change and everything and so I, I can actually just sort of read the back of the book because I think it it gives a really good explanation of of what the earthbound farmer's almanac is all about sure go ahead this is a farmer's almanac for the end of the world. Growing food used to be a lot more straightforward when you'd plant your okra at the same time every year like your grandpa did. Now we've got to be ready for anything. Late spring freezes, freak heat waves that bring plants out of dormancy too early, fire season longer every year, the polar vortex. And if that wasn't enough, we've also got to contend with the fallout from breakages in the global supply chain. When millions of gallons of milk get poured down the drain, and mountains of potatoes are left to rot. It's a world that calls for a new kind of farmer's almanac. Today's crisis has roots in the earliest moments of land theft against native peoples, a process that has continued alongside hundreds of years of slavery and colonization. The way forward out of this mess will mean grappling with the crimes of the past, as well as charting a new course guided by black and indigenous knowledge, creative experimentation in food production and paying attention across generational and species divides. We released this pretty much at the beginning of 2021. It's kind of a mix of recipes and guides and some resources that are meant to be somewhat applicable no matter where you are. Like, for example, you know, one of the things about the old farmer's almanac is it tells you in March, plant this, in April, plant that. And obviously that doesn't actually apply to everybody across the continent and so in lieu of that sort of thing you know we have charts that show the actual germination temperatures for different species and things like that we have a propagation guide as a little comic and different things like that and then there's a number of sort of essays and poems and things in different formats that kind of address various issues around like what it means to have an anti-colonial agricultural practice and I know that you and I have spoken about having a follow-up conversation about both Lobelia Commons and all of this work in the future. But right now, my understanding is you're on a kind of a short time frame where you still have a window open for a call for submissions and are interested in having folks within the permaculture community contribute to the Almanac. So what is that process like for anyone who wants to get involved? How can they reach out or connect with how to share their information with you. So we are still looking for submissions. The deadline was originally October 31st, but we're going to push it back to sometime in November. And even if folks 
feel like they're submitting after the deadline or something, we would still love to to see the the work that people are producing. And we're hoping to maybe have a, a web version where we can put some of the overflow stuff. Cause you know, last year there was a lot of submissions that were really good, but just didn't quite fit in the print edition. And so the call for submissions, we're looking for ideally pieces that are around 750 words or less, all kinds of different formats and topics. You know, we're looking for recipes, how-to guides, poetry, essays, you know, farm notes, anti-colonial histories and futures, critical agroecology, stories from your neighbors, recipes from the land, weird climate change stories, or that's one in particular we'd love to get just from all over the country, little samplings of like, wow, we had a, a freeze in April here. It was wild, you know, things like that. And if folks want to just submit a whole piece to us, like a finished piece, they can send that to Lobelia Commons at protonmail.com. Or you can send a pitch, just kind of an explanation of what you plan on writing about. And we can let you know if it seems like it, it fits or not. And then hopefully we'll have time like we did last year to really work with people, have sort of a back and forth to hone some of the pieces if that seems necessary. And so as this conversation that we're having today comes out, even if people think that that window may have closed, go ahead and get in touch, share what they're interested in, because you might be able to add it to a web edition or perhaps include it in the next almanac for the following year. And that with this broad interest, that if anyone has any kind of a spark or desire to be involved, it's better for them to reach out to you and get in touch rather than let that deadline hold them back yeah absolutely the original deadline was october 31st and i know we're going to move it to sometime in november so really if, if people can get at something by any time in the month of november i think that would be brilliant with this call for submissions and what lobelia commons is currently practicing are there any final requests or thoughts that you have for the listeners well i would just definitely encourage people to check out last year's almanac you can find links to a, a PDF through our social media at Lobelia Commons, both Instagram and Twitter. And uh, there was an episode of a, of a podcast called Podcast and Radio Show called Partisan Gardens that did a really great kind of audio version of the Almanac where we had some of the contributors read their pieces aloud and then had some interviews getting deeper into some of those pieces. That was really wonderful. And so, yeah, that, that also has a link to the PDF. And if you, if you want to buy a hard copy of the 2021 Almanac, that's available on emergentgoods.com. We really love the engagement that we've gotten from people all over the country and even internationally. We've been really amazed by it. You know, initially the idea was to have the Almanac be a little bit more centered or based in, in our region in so-called New Orleans and the surrounding area. And some of the you know, definitely ended up that way. We, we, you know, we have some some really good pieces that are very local. And we have in the, the calendar section, we do have the farm notes from a, a local farm here. So people can see exactly what was being planted and harvested at different times. But we also got submissions from, you know, as far away as Brazil from this really amazing indigenous collective called Tea Des Povos that wrote this really great piece for the Almanac. And we're kind of excited to get in touch with anybody who's charged up by this stuff.
I'd like to give a thank you to Hadley for agreeing to join me so we could get this out to you quickly. You can submit your piece for the Earthbound Farmer's Almanac via email to lobeliacommons at protonmail.com. That's L-O-B-E-L-I-A-C-O-M-M-O-N-S at protonmail.com. And you can find Lobelia Commons at Lobelia Commons on Twitter and Instagram. I'll include the email address and links to all that, as well as where you can read the almanac online or buy a hard copy in the show notes. As I mentioned in the intro, I'm looking to produce more of these shorter episodes throughout the year as they make sense. If you know of a person or organization which you think would be a good fit for a quick discussion like this, please let me know. Email show at thepermaculturepodcast.com or you can call or send a text to 717-827-6266. Until the next time, write that article, put that poem down on the page, tell your story and share it with others while taking care of Earth, yourself, and each other.